Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I am Father Shane Demon. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And it's good to be with you all, Father. Great to be in the saddle again, once again. Yeah, uh, now that technology's kind of working. Sort of. Yeah, so last time we tried <laughs> Zoom, and now we're on Google Meet. And after another riveting 20 minutes of back and forth, making sure microphones and headphones work, here we are, coming to you from the combined locations of Sioux City and St. Louis. A real Midwest show. Father Shane, um, I sent you the video, but our avid listeners, Danny Swall, Danny and Ashley, they sent me a video of their youngest daughter um, walking around the house saying, <laughs> saying, what the heck is Sioux City? <laughs> and, <laughs> I did um, get that. That was awesome. That was hilarious. So, <laughs> Danny and Ashley, thanks for um, teaching your kids to listen to our show, and I'm sorry that the original um, audio content uses a different word, which Danny told me they had to um, train out of their daughters to stop saying what our podcast actually says. So, so, so the girls have actually heard the real podcast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so they were saying, "Where the hell is Sioux City?" And then <laughs> they said, "No, no, you can say heck." So, where the heck is Sioux City? <laughs> That's hilarious. That's wonderful. She's our probably our youngest listener. I would I would assume that's the case. That's great. We'll have to if we ever make, you know, like sweet memorabilia or swag, we'll have to send some their way. But I don't think there's any plans for that right now because we're barely getting these yeah. things recorded at this point. <laughs> it's it's a it's just kind of a low budget operation <laughs> right now. We have no swag to give to, to small no children. Swag. Um but that's all right. How is the Lou? How is the loot? Things are going well. That's uh, sorry, folks. That means St. Louis. STL, if you will. Yeah. No, things are going well. The, the guys were in their first week of classes. So just doing administration, I've had a chance to kind of catch my breath with orientation being over now and really feel like I'm starting to get settled and find the, find the routine of everyday life around here. So it's going well. Um, and school's probably off to a good start for you, I hope. It is. Yeah. So we started the week um, with the freshmen on Tuesday, and then we had everybody back wednesday and that was kind of getting things situated and then uh as you would have known as you started at the school uh confessions for the whole school on uh thursday and friday which folks confessions are beautiful and i love them but it's like they're weird because when you're when you're hearing them you don't realize how long you're doing it and then you like sit up from sitting in a chair for like three consecutive hours and you're just like oh man i'm exhausted <laughs> But it were an old father. It was good. I know it's, it was. It was good. And some uh, some other brother priests came to help out with confession. So I'm excited for a little bit more regular routine and schedule at the school because the confessions were great. But it's just that's not at all what's going to happen every day. Um, sure. So jumping back into the any moment. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Well, way to get them all cleaned up with a moment of renewing grace as the school year begins. I do have a question, Father Shane. Awesome. So did you ever? Um, I know you're a big sports guy, big sports ball guy. You know. Right. catch you out on the volleyball quarter we, we heard you're not a big base, baseball guy but i was wondering did you ever um take up the invitation to play the siouxland cares wiffle ball classic uh with any of the with any of the healing uh faculty 
I didn't. Did you? Did, did they just have it right we, now, or we, was it in the spring? No, no, no. We just did it today. So we're recording on a okay. Sunday, and I have mass this evening at Briar Cliffs campus. So I had the morning kind of free, so we didn't play it. But it's <laughs> it's on this new um like you know like the rubberized kind of like playground material. There's like this little oh, sure. kids field in Riverside. And so you, what's awkward is it's not turf, so you can't really run on it. People were like tripping and falling, but it was like really big wiffle balls, and there's only two innings. So we were getting into it. We were like, and apparently Helan's, it's like the Helan team, and then all of the Sioux City Public Schools fill a team as well. Um, oh. But interestingly, they didn't have enough people from all of the Sioux City Public School teachers who responded. So we like one of our high school kids who was there helping with something else stepped in and pitched for them. Um, well, we had some great plays. Um, Todd Rorick had some great, uh, great snags in little infield kind of pop flies. He got him. And then we did, I don't mean to pat myself on the back, but I sometimes I'm not the best sports baller out there. Um, but I did get a grand slam um, really to end the game. So that was kind of exciting. A walk-off grand slam. Kind, kind of, innings, more so. or less, yeah. So technically, uh, campus minister Lexi was up to bat after me, but there was no one to bat after her. We just went through the entire, like they just, you didn't stop after three outs. You just batted through your whole lineup. And I was getting revved up. We're getting all ready to go. And then the, the game was over. It was only a two-inning game of of wiffle ball. Um, did people have to get to brunch or what? Was I don't know. Up? I'm not sure. Um, but regardless, uh, the dynasty has continued. So it's, I guess, five years running. We've won this. Helan has won this. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you can call it a game, but at least wiffle ball uh, <laughs> with folks. Well, congratulations, Father. How do you feel about your victory? In your Pretty, good. Pretty good. Pretty um, good. Yeah. yeah, you know, priests don't often have a lot of, like, casual clothes, so I only have, like, a, a handful of T-shirts. And the T-shirt I decided to wear today is a, a random wolf T-shirt, um, not unlike the ones you might find in a truck stop or a Walmart that Father Taylor got from somebody and gave to me. So that was kind of exciting, too, pulling out the wolf shirt. Um, so, yeah, wolf shirts and wiffle ball was a, was a great way to spend the Sunday morning. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Very happy for Appreciate you. Appreciate that. I'm yeah. sure they'll make this City Journal tomorrow. I really hope it will. Yeah. Father Shane, what do you have for us today? Well, Father, let's dig in, shall we? Shall um, Yeah, we shall. Last episode, we were talking about feminism and got uh, some good feedback from some listeners uh, who are kind of intrigued by the topic. And in the Lord's providence, uh, I want to talk about that, that same topic again today, because this week I was actually invited by a group of priests to sit down and view Matt Walsh's um, new documentary that's out called "What Is a Woman?" Sure, uh, this has been a uh, a document that's or a documentary that's been streaming on purchase streaming platforms throughout the summer, and I just had a chance to sit down and do it for the first time this week, and it was fascinating. Uh, you know, regardless of what you think of Matt Walsh and his role at the Daily Wire, he's kind of a nationally known writer, author, speaker, commentator. Mm-hmm. Um, and regardless of what you think about Matt Walsh, the product itself was very interesting. And, and I kind of want to lean into that on several levels. So he's very good at trolling his guests. All right. So he's got he's a, something of a champion of that. Yes, exactly. He's got uh, gynecologists. He's got OBG, OBGYN specialists. He's got psychologists. He's got sociologists, professors of gender study. He's got people who have gone um, through you know, uh, transition, transition surgeries, wanting to transition from one gender to a next, some of whom have regretted that some of them have not. Uh, he goes up to random people in the street and asks them just one simple question. 
what is a woman? And it was absolutely fascinating how many people could not answer that. Huh. Now, for, for some of the experts in the field and those in academia, depending on where they fall, uh, some really felt comfortable with that question and some did not. It really depended. Do you want to claim that femininity or masculinity is identified with chromosome structures as sex? You know, mm -hmm. is gender and sex to be identical based on chromosome structures, the XY pattern of chromosomes in, in every cell of your body? Um, you know, some were willing to admit that and some were not. And for those who, who, who don't believe that, they were, they were pressured into trying to identify, well, then what is a woman? And so many of them said, well, a woman is whoever wants to identify herself with womanly characteristics. And Matt would quickly point out how that's kind of a circular you know, right. argument. And, and this would go on and on and on. And, and he, he took the conversation in a number of different directions. He would discuss with them, you know, sex change surgeries. He would discuss with them hormone blocker, uh, puberty and hormonal blockers, um, sex change drugs that were given to people at a young age. Uh, he talked about education things of children. Even he himself has even written a new children's book talking about some of these issues of how do we understand children's love of imagination. Johnny the Walrus. Yes, you you know it. Oh, yeah. Have you read it? I've not. I've heard a lot about it. Because that question, what is a woman, came from, well, he was probably talking about it before, but it was before the documentary came out. Um, right. I think what kickstarted, right, was on Dr. Phil. Um, and right. he was asking that question to the panel on Dr. Phil, and it was just so obvious that there was, like, it was again that circular reasoning that was everybody's trying to well a woman's a woman you wouldn't know like you wouldn't understand unless you're a woman like a woman knows that she's a woman because a woman's a woman it's like what are you talking right. about right yeah. well so some of that footage from the dr phil episode was shown in this new documentary but there was also a caption that said that i think the the tv producer of the dr phil show has taken that footage down because those who were guests on the set with matt walsh claimed after the fact that they felt emotional harassment and distress. And so they asked that the footage be removed. And so the TV network obliged sure. to that, but they did show some of the original footage of that very thing you're talking about. Right. And so this goes on and on and on and on and on about what is a woman. And uh, obviously there's a lot of cultural confusion. Um, what was really surprising to me is not so much what the experts said, you know, if if you're a, a sociologist or a gender studies you know professor at a large state university, it would probably be pretty predictable how you were going to answer Matt Walsh's questions, sure. right? Um, but what, what was really surprising to me is as, as the documentary went on, he walked up to random people on the street, people in San Francisco, people in Times Square in New York City, and asked them the same question. And just regular average women just that he would meet on the street and he asked them this question, what is a woman? And it stumped even them. Huh. Um, and and they, they could not just simply utter the words that a woman is an adult female. Hmm. And so many of them quickly said, well, a woman is whatever you, you know, identify to be a woman. Yeah. And of course, the circular arguments continued. Hmm. Um, but it, it, it was very fascinating for me how this this relativity of being able to identify even just what a basic woman is has uh trickled down so far and it's imbued itself so deeply across the culture that we're losing the ability to just even identify the meaning of words yeah. in our culture i was just i'm curious like 
why there was that inability from like folks on the street. And I wonder twofold is one, just because people don't think at the level of like anthropology. Um, I have a few thoughts on like theology of the body that I was just speaking about recently with um, the administration faculty and staff at Helan for kind of an opening like professional development day or catechesis day. Um, because thankfully the principals and the, the president of the school have realized like, okay, these, these LGBTQ plus like gender theory stuff, these questions are just much more um, apparent right now, like after this summer. Um, and maybe, mm-hmm. maybe this documentary was, was part of that. But I think everybody is just feeling like how, um, even when you, when you were growing up compared to when I was growing up, Father Shane, like just the idea of, of same sex relationships or same sex attraction uh, there was a different kind of cultural thrust with that. Like you could still at one point, like make fun of someone and call them gay. Um, but now with young people, it's like you would never even dream of using like that as a slur or something like that. Um, but it's interesting how this gender ideology stuff has just grown so much. But I wonder one, is it because people don't think like that? Think on just level of like, who are we and what am I? Um, when you said an adult female, that sounds pretty obvious, but I wonder if the other piece too is like to be culturally relevant you have to say like the party lines, like you have to speak the like woke party lines. That's what you have to Mm -hmm. say. So it's like people walking around like, Oh, like a camera's in my face. What's a woman. Oh, like I, I hear these, you know, I hear about this. I hear these questions. I, Oh, I have to say it's this, I have to kind of lean into this. Well, I don't know. You don't really know, you know, like the kind of vague answers that are out there. Yeah. Just to go back to what you said, you said growing up, you said it was kind of still okay to call someone gay. Obviously we wouldn't imply that it's okay to label someone bisexual orientation or to make fun of yeah right right but what you're what you're saying is that the cultural lingo has changed very quickly yes just within like a 10-year period exactly um i, I think what we're seeing is this I, I was visiting with a jesuit priest you know who watched the documentary with me and he and i were in agreement that what we're seeing is this shift from being able to talk about third person language issues to everything is now related to first person mm. And when these people are met on the street by Matt Walsh and his camera crew, and they've got a camera in their face and a microphone's there, and they're told to answer the question, what is a woman? I think there is just kind of broad broad spread uh, cultural realizations that not everyone is going to agree with hard and fast definitions anymore. Yeah. And and that's really surprising because we, we can't seem to agree in third person language that that person over there or that that thing over there, that issue, that circumstance, that situation over there, we can all agree on, we can analyze together and come up with some basic understandings of what is the truth of that thing over there in the third person. Yeah. And, and everyone seems to be in this heightened sensitivity to always uh, respect and speak in the first person. What is my experience? And mm-hmm. another person says, well, this is my experience. This is how I present this is how I identify. And what's that, what's that, what that is now doing is just creating this, this culture in which we cannot identify hard and fast true concepts anymore. Right. That, that can be related uh, across relationship and across culture. And in fact, Matt Walsh, in the middle of the video, he just flies to Kenya. <laughs> huh. He flies to Kenya and he meets with some Maasai tribes out on the... Um, the Maasai Plains, and he asked them this question, what is a woman? And they they quickly answer, and he was describing to them some of the identification issues and gender study issues that are now very prominent in the West, especially in North America. 
and th- this these this tribal people had a very hard time relating to that okay really in a state of disbelief and what's so funny about that i was just talking to some friends and kind of colleagues recently about this idea of progressivism that we have this idea in the west especially right now that like we are as technically advanced as any human being has ever been we are as smart as a people as a whole like when we look back to different cultural expectations in the past of dress of modesty of of language it's like well that was just dumb and antiquated like we are at the best possible place we are speaking to my our teachers i was leaning into this question of anthropology anthropology that john paul ii brings up about who are we as men and women and what are we made for to make a gift of ourselves and how does this work and i said it might seem like the church is just still hanging on to these old kind of medieval rules that are just still you know nailed up in the in the vatican somewhere that we have to keep following and I said, it's funny, we find ourselves so progressive, thinking we're so awesome, but then teachers right now, parents, I think people who are trying to offer any kind of formation to young people, they're actually really struggling. And they're saying that the young people right now, even in the past five years, their experience of teaching them in school is very different. They see just mm-hmm. great apathy. They see all this, like a struggle to really integrate this into their life. They see just kind of a throwing up of their hands when it comes to the moral life or whatever. It's interesting because, okay, we think we're so progressive, but we see all the mental health crisis that's happening, more and more violence that's happening, right? Just like tons of um, the breakdown of culture. So it's like maybe we're not (laughs) at the best point um, just because we have the most technology and industry at this point. Um, Yeah, someone might push back and say, if they if they have gone through a transition in how they understand gender, mm. they might say, well, no, we're, of course, very progressive because my public identity now matches what I feel on the inside. Sure. And so for me, that's a big breakthrough. Um, but when we can't even seem to identify uh, how gender is related to biological sex across cultures, across continents, yeah, there's clearly a breakdown just in how we understand the human experience. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and when words stop having meaning, then it's like, what are we even talking about? Is there right. a truth that's behind it, what they're actually conveying? Yeah. Right. The other thing that I thought was was kind of interesting about this um, documentary by Matt Walsh, apart from the question of gender identity and biological sex, not only could we not have a, a standardized meaning anymore, it appears that we can't have a standardized meaning anymore about womanhood or, or sexual identity. I'm also very concerned in watching this documentary, if we even understand now what the project of human existence is supposed to be. Uh, and obviously that's always been debated among the different cultures, different religions. Um but if we can't even understand what the word woman means, how are we going to agree on what human life means? Mm. What, what is the point of life? What's the human trajectory supposed to be about on earth? Um, because Matt was really pressing some of these people to just try and identify in the most simplest terms, the most basic language, you know, some definitions. But you could go back, you know, to like the ancient Greeks long before Jesus, you know, ever walked on the earth. And from a philosophical point of view, they understood what it meant to lead a good life, to be a life of, to have a life of virtue, Mm -hmm. you know, with with a disposition and and some habits ingrained in you for the good, to be a loyal person, to be a good friend, to be someone of justice, temperance, courage, you know, fortitude, things like that. Um, Get toward the end of eudaimonia and happiness. Right, exactly. And it became very clear as I was watching this that 
even that itself would be very would be very difficult to agree upon a mixed audience today. Mm. Um, if we can't identify what the word woman means, how are we going to identify what it means to lead a just life? How are we going to identify what it means to exercise prudence? How are we going to understand what the, the virtue of temperance is? What does loyalty and authentic friendship look like? What does it mean to be a just member of society and to work for the common good? All of those things seem to be up for up for grabs. If we can't even I, I agree on the most basic terms of human vocabulary, uh, which doesn't even get into the realm of religion. <laughs> right. What does it mean? What does it mean to actually be a, a just follower of Jesus Christ? What does it mean to be a disciple of him working towards heaven? Now, now maybe you could argue that talking about heaven and talking about being a disciple of Jesus could be a breakthrough way to move beyond maybe the stalemate that comes in human dialogue in Western culture. I would hope so, uh, since it is the way, the truth, and the life. But the foundation to get there, based on traditional Western philosophical conversation, seems to be completely eroded now mm. in a very frightening way. Yeah, I... <laughs> It's kind of, de- kind of depressing. Well, there it is. <laughs> Thanks. And the melancholic Father Shane just lays yeah. it on us, nice and heavy. You know, one I think encouraging thing just to offer <laughs> as we, as we, uh, I mean, it's it's important to to recognize um, where we are as a culture, so as to not just be kind of swept along with it, um, and especially mm-hmm. as Christians, as the church, to recognize that, hey, listen, we actually have a response to this. We're not just like left throwing up our th- hands thinking, okay, I guess we're just going to like go down with a sinking ship because we happen to be alive at the time we are. Um, every time that the theology of the body of John Paul II has been proposed, um, we kind of mentioned it last episode about his letter to women and like how he was trying to, like, even back then when he was writing 40, 50 years ago, recognizing the downfall of an understanding of human anthropology, um, understanding the downfall of using our language and our words and philosophy. Um, but I think because his theology of the body has been able to be studied now for 40 years, there's been an, uh, a discovery of what's available. Um, I found that uh, Christopher West's little text, it's called Theology of the Body for Beginners, is a really great place to start. It's pretty cheap. Um, it's, it can be found on online anywhere, but it's not a uh, like a patronizing title for beginners. Um, it's just a helpful overview in a small book to just kind of, it might be a little balm to kind of realize the teaching of the church does speak into these cultural issues right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the church has always got something to propose, right? Yeah. Uh, following Jesus always unlocks the greatest source of truth, the truth for our understanding our own humanity and the truth for understanding the gift of eternal life. So we're always going to be able to speak into that. And even if we're losing kind of some of the, the cultural norms that could create common ground in the past, hopefully the church becomes that new clearinghouse by which we can break through the stalemate and the debates mm-hmm. and actually land on some real truth, uh, you know, issues that come up with, well, what is authentic beauty and, and what is authentic happiness? What is that actually ordering you towards? And how do you find that, you know, through a life of Christian discipleship that needs to be continually part of the discussion? So uh, for those who haven't checked it out, I, I highly suggest looking at Matt Walsh's documentary on various streaming platforms that are available for purchase online called What is a Woman? It, it's it's an interesting documentary in itself, and it's going to give you a lot of good insights and just food for thought as you think about our cultural situation and how we understand the gift of language, how we understand metaphysics and the truth of who we are as, as people. 
So, Father, thanks for diving into this topic today. It's always good to be with you. Likewise, Father Shane, thanks for all those uh, insights. Love that you get to watch all these movies now with all your cool priest buddies in St. Louis. <laughs> Maybe we'll get some more fun takes. See you soon. Sure. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.